Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. It's Tuesday, January 4th. This is The Gateway. I'm Jason Merzenbaum in for Wayne Pratt. Ahead, Missouri health officials say even though homicides reached record levels in 2020, there were more suicides that year throughout the state. Some black gun owners are taking more steps to protect themselves, and that has others stepping in before more people possibly take their own lives. That's the thing about suicide is that you can have that feeling, but if someone intervenes, that feeling can easily go away. We'll explore a black gun enthusiast mission to stop suicide in Missouri in just a few minutes. First, the news. Hospitals in the St. Louis region are scrambling to treat patients as they admit record numbers of people with COVID-19. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports hospital officials expect the number of patients will likely double in weeks to come. Health workers are treating more than 950 people with COVID-19 inside St. Louis hospitals. That's the highest number of inpatient hospitalizations since the pandemic began. Dr. Clay Dunnigan is a co-leader of the St. Louis Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force, which comprises the area's four largest health systems. Dunnigan says more people keep testing positive for the coronavirus every day. He says until that number begins to decline, hospitals will see a rise in patients. This looks like it will be worse than any any surge we've seen so far. Dunnigan says hospitals may soon have to cancel other procedures to make room for more patients. He says many hospital workers who have received the COVID-19 vaccine are also getting sick and can't work, which further squeezes hospital capacity. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. And as COVID-19 numbers continue to climb, some school districts in the St. Louis region are returning to virtual learning this week. As St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports, the districts are responding to surging cases. The Edwardsville, Brooklyn, and East St. Louis school districts are among those that have announced at least some of their students will be learning from home again starting this week. Some private schools have also announced they're temporarily returning to virtual instruction. East St. Louis Superintendent Arthur Culver says cases in the community are high, and they've impacted the ability for health officials to run a test-to-stay program in schools. We really are at a state of an emergency right now and are serving zip codes. And of course, education is important, but it is not as important as the safety of our students and staff, as well as community members. The East St. Louis School District will be virtual until at least January 18th. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. Meanwhile, Illinois officials say the number of COVID-19 patients in hospitals across the state is at a new record high. As of Sunday, there were 6,294 people hospitalized with the coronavirus in Illinois. 85% of them are not vaccinated, according to Governor J.B. Pritzker. It is frustrating and tragic that two years into the pandemic with multiple widely available and free life-saving vaccines, that we are once again in this horrible position. The previous state record for hospitalized coronavirus patients was set on November 20th, 2020. And Pritzker said he thinks the numbers could get worse because people exposed during the holidays test positive. 
New data from the U.S. Department of Agriculture shows rural areas are losing places to buy food. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports rural advocates in Missouri and Illinois say there is not an easy solution to the problem. The numbers from the USDA show a six-year trend of the number of grocery, specialty food, and convenience stores declining in rural areas by as much as 20 percent. Dollar stores and superstores showed a slight increase. Bill McKelvey of the University of Missouri Center of Food Security says the trend is, in part, reacting to rural consumer demand. They may prefer to travel further in order to go to a store that has groceries, household items, and everything else. But McKelvey says that means it costs more transportation for rural residents to get food and raises issues of the availability of fresh fruits and vegetables. McKelvey says each rural community has to figure out what kind of food stores they can support. I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. A quick warning to listeners. This next piece includes discussions of suicide. Homicides in Missouri recently reached a record high, but the number of suicides is even higher. In the state's growing community of black gun owners, some enthusiasts are taking steps to ensure people hoping to stay safe don't end up bringing more danger into their homes. KCUR's Alex Smith reports. When Russell Lewis wants to unwind, he comes here to sharpshooter indoor gun range in southern St. Louis. Taking aim at paper targets, Russell fires his 12-gauge shotgun. I mean, it's just something about, you know, the power, you know, and just being able to release that and, you know, let it go down range. It's just, it's just something nice to do. Like I said, it just kind of relaxes me. Russell's wife, Sharice, is here practicing with her new handgun. She's been concerned about crime, but says she doesn't feel comfortable calling police for protection. Some people are, you know, they rely on law enforcement, which for African-Americans, that's not always the safest course of action either. So I would rather um, control the situation than rely on law enforcement. Sharice and Russell are part of a cohort of African-American gun owners that's growing fast. Nationwide surveys found that 25 percent of black adults owned a gun in 2021, up from 14 percent just six years ago. Missouri doesn't require a license to buy a gun, and most adults can carry firearms without permits in many public places. But even gun enthusiasts say that new gun owners often lack the information needed to keep themselves safe, especially when it comes to suicide prevention. Well, I call you. I'll let you know. That's what keeps Bill Mays busy. Yeah. Mays is dropping off safety pamphlets at the gun counter of a St. Louis pawn shop. He makes regular visits to spots like this, giving out literature and chatting with shop owners. Okay, thank you, friends. All right. As a firearms trainer and a concealed carry advocate, Mays has been part of the St. Louis gun community for years. He says he knows how to talk with gun enthusiasts in ways health experts can't. It's a matter of uh, if he walks like a duck, talks like a duck, then what is it? I'm a duck, you know, so... So I can talk, you know, but if you come in there and you're a hen and you're talking to ducks, they're not going to understand that language. (laughs) Mays is black and part of the Safer Homes Collaborative, a project involving gun owners across Missouri. They're hoping to convince gun sellers, owners, and their families to help keep firearms temporarily out of the hands of people in crisis. 
Suicide is usually an impulsive act. Nearly half of survivors say the time between first considering suicide and making an attempt was 10 minutes or less. If someone is kept away from a means of killing themselves for even a short period of time, their risk of dying can drop dramatically. And see, that's the thing about suicide is that you can have that feeling, but if someone intervenes, that feeling can easily go away. Firearms are a main focus of suicide prevention efforts because they're more deadly than other methods. Nine in ten people who attempt suicide with a gun will die. But this message doesn't always go over well with gun rights advocates. On one visit, a shop owner said May's materials were no longer welcome. I went to a, sh- uh, a shop and the guy said, well, we're not doing that anymore because we don't want that anti-gun stuff in here. I'm like, come on, are you kidding me? You know this is not no anti-gun. Would I be talking to you? Mays is not easily discouraged. From his personal experience with suicidal thoughts, he knows how important this crisis intervention can be. For decades, older white men have had among the highest rates of suicide, in part because of high rates of gun ownership. Having a gun in the home increases suicide risk by two to five times. Since 2012, however, suicides among young black men have increased by almost 50 percent nationally. And a new Harvard study found that growing gun ownership is only increasing the risk. In St. Louis, Reba Rice-Portwood has been urging her neighbors to recognize how trends have changed. When someone would die by suicide, and if we heard about it on television or if we read about it or something like that, we'd always assume that it was Caucasian. That assumption was broken when Reba lost her son Ricky to suicide in 2014. Reba says Ricky had an old soul. He loved Sam Cooke and looked out for older people in his apartment complex. But Reba says her son was also tormented by depression. On September 17th, Reba got a frantic call from her son's fiance, who told her that Ricky had shot himself. Ricky died at a hospital. He was only 22. At first, I'm like, you know, what did I do so bad in this life for God to to allow my son to pass? In the days following her son's death, Reba grappled with grief. And then came surprising news. Ricky's fiance discovered she was pregnant. Today, Reba is a counselor, and she's raising her grandson, Jackson, who's six years old. On a Saturday morning at her apartment, he shows off his multiplication skills on a tablet while his grandmother beams. You're getting very good for six years old. Yeah, but I don't know 13. Despite what happened to her son, Reba still keeps a pistol in a safe at home. She says she's held on to it for one big reason. Fear. You know, I, um, like, actually, I went to the grocery store about three weeks ago, you know, and was almost carjacked. And, that, and that's the reason why I still have it now, because I was like, you know, it's just too much going on. For Bill Mays and his friends, the latest news about guns and self-defense dominate conversations at lunchtime. Have you tried our brisket? Yes, that's, that's what I have. I like our pork. Our pork's at Bang Good Barbecue, Mays meets up with Russell and Sharice Lewis. After placing orders, they launch into talking about Kyle Rittenhouse and the double standards of justice for African Americans. Yeah, because you can carry you can carry a rifle at 18. 18. Right? He was an 18. He was an 18. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So it was a technicality on that. Mays says he's felt those safety concerns too. 
But after losing some of his friends to suicide and renewing his relationship to religion, Mays has changed his approach to firearms. You know, I think a lot about the Bible and uh, the experience how Jesus would, would Jesus walk around with a firearm? Uh, of course not, you know, but uh, it's big, it's more than that. You know, it's just a point of, uh, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want nobody to hurt me. But uh, I just don't want to hurt anybody like that. Though he no longer carries a gun, Mays wants to keep helping the people who do and hope that those tough conversations might prevent another suicide death. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Alex Smith. That piece came to us from member station KCUR in Kansas City. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, and this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.